Good morning. Well, it might be good evening. It might be good night. I or don't afternoon. know what. It might be good afternoon. I don't know what time of day you're watching this. Not watching this. Listening to this. It's a podcast, Richard. Not a video. Welcome. This is our first podcast, and I'm Richard from Richard and Paul. And next to me is Paul. Indeed, Paul. Me. Hi, Paul. Hi. And it is actually Saturday morning when we're recording this, and it's a bit of a wild, wild morning. Yeah, I went out, I don't know, it can only have been about an hour ago, and it was quite nice. I came back and said, actually, it's a nice temperature out there, there's a little breeze, uh, it was quite quiet, and now... It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. The weather was predicted to be quite poor today and indeed it is it's raining it's windy mm. and it's very dark we're it's in a, it's a shame because that's tonight is bonfire night isn't it for a lot of people is it well yeah it's the saturday closest to bonfire night in the uk and a lot of people will be celebrating that tonight hmm well, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. We'll talk mm. about the season and uh, the time of year and the things that are going on in the UK at this time of year, the festivities that we have. But all of those, like you say, Paul, will be destroyed by the weather. Well, hopefully not. Well, you can't light a bonfire in this weather. Mm, that's really, true. that's not going to happen. Because mm. it could, you could risk it blowing out of control and taking over the whole neighbourhood. <laughs> taking out all the houses. Because mm. it really is. I mean, strong winds have been forecast across the southwest, and they've finally reached London. I um, think it was 16 miles per hour in London, wasn't it? 60, 65 miles per hour it was going to reach as gusts. Well, I think they're predicting anything from... 60 to 80 miles an hour but poor Cornwall because I think they're being battered but we are being battered too it's really dark as well mm. we're sat in our dining room mm. which is at the back of our house overlooking the garden and it, it I've got the lights on it's grey it's it's horrible but hey it's October so no it's not it's November no it's November oh my god it is November <laughs> Oh, well. Good timekeeping there. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, they all blend into one at this time of year. <laughs> Everything, you know. So, what's on the agenda today for our first ever podcast? So, we're going to be talking about a few different subjects. We're going to be mentioning astrology, which is a subject that a lot of people enjoy. Um, talk a little bit about ourselves, obviously. And then some things um, in the news, I want to mention fracking, so that's coming up a bit later. But let's start off with you, Paul. You've not been well recently. You've had a cold. I I have. I, yeah. I went down to see Vanessa in Cranley with the plastic-free shop on Tuesday. That's for Earth's sake. For the plastic-free shopping experience in Cranley in Surrey. Since 2019. Since 2019. Watch the videos on our YouTube channel. We do have a YouTube channel. Mm. And what is our YouTube channel? It's Richard and Paul, funnily enough. It's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Richard and Paul. Is it? Yeah. Oh. There we are. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Where's the C come in? Channel. Are you sure it's not just Richard and Paul? Yeah, I'm sure. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I did know that, but I thought we changed it. 
No. Oh, well, you can just do a search for Richard and Ball on YouTube and you'll find us. You'll yeah, see you our photograph. Do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carry yeah, on. Yeah, so I, I, I came back and I was sniffling by the time I got back and it was one of those train journeys back from Guildford where the train from Guildford was delayed by about 15 minutes, then the train from Clapham to our local station was delayed and it was cold and it was dark and... Um, I'd left my coat in Vanessa's car so I didn't have an additional layer to put on and really I came down on Wednesday didn't I I was sniffling away on Wednesday but now I feel much better I feel much better today though I will try not to sniff because I'm sort of at that stage where my nose isn't dripping anymore but I've still got sniffles hmm snotty (laughs) horrid (laughs) So you're feeling better. But during that period of time, and this is something we wanted to touch on, you watched quite a bit of TV, didn't you? When you were recuperating. I did, yes. I watched Murder, She Wrote. I like that word, recuperating. It's a nice word, isn't it? Yeah. It is. My word of the week. We were talking about me. Yeah, go on. So I was watching Murder, She Wrote. I watched several episodes of Murder, She Wrote. you watch Murder, She Wrote whether you're feeling ill or feeling great. I know. It's It's just a a staple. Yeah, it's a sort of background comfort thing for me, Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, but we're talking about when you're ill, Paul. Yes, well, what... What kind of things have you treated yourself to? What I did watch, I recorded on Christmas Day last year... Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm. And I watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in the afternoon, but you watched quite a bit of it as well, didn't you? Well, I yes, did. Yes, you did. I did. But you know what? I, it, it used to be one of my favourite, favourite films. I remember it as a child, watching it every year on TV. But watching it as an adult is a really different experience. Certain things really stood out to me. Like? Well, I I don't want to take people's enjoyment away from that movie. Or indeed, if you are a child listening to this, I'm sure you're not. Because we would prefer an adult audience so we can swear. But the internet's free for most people, isn't it? Do we have to put a, a thing on this channel? I don't know. Saying, we were talking about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Saying and I it's think an adult channel with, with swearing. I don't know. Oh, I don't have to know. think about that. But anyway, watching it as an adult, the first thing that struck me was the fact that the children are so bloody whiny. Oh, they are. Oh, oh they my are. God. Oh, yeah. They're not like Jane and Michael Banks. No. Are they? No. You know, who were slightly refined. And not only are they whiny, but they're a bit stupid. Why are they stupid? Well, look, the scene where they go to Bulgaria, yeah, and Mm. they're hiding out, Mm. they are quite clearly told not to leave the room, aren't they? Yeah. Well, the child catcher comes along. Guess what happens? They go for ice cream and sweeties. That's right. And he entraps them in the cage. That's right, because he looks so nice and friendly. I don't think so. No, but the cart does, because he's done his cage up, hasn't he? Yeah, but he, he? hasn't it's done himself cart. up. He still no. looks like an evil 
Yeah, that's so that we we know he's evil. I think. Yeah, but as a child, really, I wouldn't have gone anywhere near there if I'd have been told. Stay put, don't move, don't you do would, anything. Don't you tell me stories about you cycling in the dark in the middle of the road and things like that. You did not do what you were told. No, but you know. No, so don't don't lay in on. Well, them. what I'm saying is they deserve to get caught. I, well, I think they did. They yeah. did. I think they Whoa. did. Oh, that's a big gust. That was a gust. And leaves are flying. There's Auntie M and Toto. <laughs> um, but it it is a special film. I saw that with my brother, Martin, at the cinema. He took me to see it. I think it must have been a Saturday morning or something, because obviously it wasn't when it came out, because... When did well, it come it out? It was 1968. Yeah, so I didn't see it when I was 68. I think I and saw I'm it quite several sure that Guernsey years wouldn't have later. had it that year, would they? Oh, absolutely. Would they? Guernsey had two cinemas then. Mm, I thought they were a little bit backwards. Don't be ridiculous. A little bit well, backwards. It is, well, it is a little bit backwards. No, it's not. It's a very, very special island. Is it? Yes. No, I do like it. Special Guernsey, in yeah. so many ways. I'm joking. Yeah. Um, whoa, it's really windy. But whoa. there we are. So, yeah, I anyway. saw it. And what amazed me is that when Truly Scrumptious drives up to the house mm. for the first time, the mill house for the mm. first time, um, the wheels look as though they're going backwards. And that always sort of stuck in my, my head. But uh, it had some really... I mean, I didn't realise it had... the. Um, Barbara Windsor in it. Barbara Windsor, Benny Hill. There I, are various. I didn't realise it, it had Barbara Windsor. I, I, I didn't remember that until I saw her in the. Was the guy with scene. with her? Was that Arthur Mullard? I think it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. At the fairgrounds. Yeah, scene. I think it was. What's your favourite scene from the film? Um. Oh dear. I suppose it's the. Clockwork characters in the in the castle That's when they get wheeled in. Definitely in my favourite scene. Definitely where she does that that sort of uh, dance on the the wind up box. I and love he, that song. He's excellent in that. I think he is, isn't he, Dick Van Dyke? I mean, he he was great with his body, wasn't mm. he? He was a great dancer. Well, I say he's, great dancer. He, he wasn't a dancer. No, he wasn't. But he danced incredibly well. Yeah. And he's still going now, of course. Well, he is. There was that, um, there was something on YouTube I saw where he was with people in a cafe and he started singing, um, I can't remember. Chim Chimney. Was it Chim Chimney? It was, wasn't well, it? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we just um, brought up Mary Poppins. And the other thing that really struck me about Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Well, I can't say Chitty Chitty. Well, I just said it. But, you know, um, the thing about um, the music in that film, it's so similar to Mary Poppins. Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's so similar. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's, is it the same writers? Yeah. It's the Shermans. Yeah. yeah. Um, Richard and Richard Roger. and Robert. It's R&R, &R, isn't it? Well, look it up on your, yeah. on your Google. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. And it really struck me. It's so similar. I mean, apparently Julie Andrews was approached to do that movie. 
Really? And she turned it down because she didn't want to do something that was exactly the same as as Mary Poppins. But of course, Dick Van Dyke didn't do a Cockney accent, thank goodness. Well, I'm not sure what accent he did do. Well, he was American. It was an American accent. I'm not sure why. And his character, Correct Caspots. Yeah. Is that a play on Crackpot, do you think? I don't know. It may be. Well, because he's meant to be a bit of a crackpot. Yeah, he isn't is. Correct as pot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, of course, it was Robert... Um... Who? Who? Yeah, Robert Fleming. Was in the... Yeah, sorry, I'll come Robert on to that in Robert Fleming? Who's Robert Fleming? Uh, he was the... Oh, no, it's no. not. No, I've gone... What are you I've... doing? Well, I'm looking at something, but you're talking to me, so well, I, I can't actually... Well, multitask, I can't, multitask. I can't find out where it was, but I'm sure it okay. was the Shermans. Okay. Well, that's one of your favourite films. Yeah, that's I another mean, one I do, of your favourite well, films. When we're talking about Mary Poppins, what really surprised me, and it really hit home this time, was the scene with the... Morris type, Morris dancer at the type dancers at the fairground. Where he's trying to earn some money to yeah. buy the car. Yeah, mm. because they're, um, it's exactly the same as the Chimney Sweep song and Chimney Sweep Step dancing in time. scene in Mary Poppins. Step in time. Yeah. Mm. So it's it really is virtually exactly the same. But I suppose the thing is when you've got something that is... A winner, you sort of stick to that formula. Well, it, I guess it's a product of the time as well. The style of the time. You know, the six, the late 60s was not renowned for its fabulous musicals. Was it? No, it wasn't. Not particularly. When it did, was the 40s um, that was really the era of musicals. When did Bob Foss's Guys and Dolls come out? Oh, I don't know. got no idea. Never seen it. You've never seen it? No. I'm not really... You know what? I'm not really into musical films, particularly. There's a handful of films I like, and that's it. I mean, you know, I like Mary Poppins. I like The Sound of Music. Um, I'm not really into My Fair Lady. Hate Hello, Dolly. Can't stand it. I think Streisand was horrendous in that. Mm. I really do. They should... It should have been Carol Channing. Really? Really, it should have been. That's what everybody knew Carol Channing for, but Streisand got the role. Mame. Mame I love, but I like the original one, Anti-Mame. Anti-Mame. Which is not Not a a musical. musical. Yeah, that's a great film. Yeah, absolutely, with uh, Rosalind Russell. Um, uh, Mame was the musical with Lucille Ball. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good. Well, it was all right. But the thing is, a lot of musicals, particularly musicals that are written these days, are formulaic. Well, they stick to they stick to the formula. They don't even use original music. Well, very often. Look oh, actually, I remember... Bloody Moulin Rouge. I hated that film. Um, Ugh, switched it off. Awful. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. There was the, the, what do you call it, the refrain that goes through the whole of Sunset Boulevard, which yeah. was written by... Um, I've forgotten his name, Andrew Lloyd Webber, is actually, I was watching a black and white movie one Saturday afternoon many years ago, most probably about 15 years ago, and I watched a film called The Mummy's Hand. 
And every time we went to see the mummy's hand, the refrain of Sunset Boulevard played. Or it was similar to it. <laughs> it was exactly the same. Okay, well, things are taken from other things. I mean, there's very little in this world nowadays that is actually original. Yes, us I mean, doing a podcast isn't original, I suppose. Well, at the end of the day, in terms of music, there are only so many combinations that there can be, if you think about it. Is that true? Yes. That's why so many people are suing each other over various bits and pieces that people have written. Yeah. You know. What other films would you consider to be your comfort films, your go-to films when you're feeling a bit unwell or need to feel cosseted or, you know... Rebecca. Rebecca. Fabulous. Daphne du Maurier. The original black and white version. Yeah. Uh, The BBC did one a few years ago, didn't they? So who was in the black and white version? It was Laurence Olivier. Laurence Olivier. I can never remember who was in the the people in it. Was it Olivia de Havilland? No. I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm sure people will tell us. Of course, we have got Google in front of us. Yes, but I can't actually Google anything. I'm sort of impossible at the moment on Google. Why? You just put Rebecca, cast, and then it will bring it up. I can't remember her name. I know she... Joan Fontaine. Joan Fontaine. That's it. And Lawrence. Yeah, Rebecca. With what's her name? Mrs. Danvers. Judith Anderson. As Mrs. Danvers. Yeah, bizarrely, I I recognise that name. I knew that name. Okay. Yeah, she was um, sort of evil, wasn't she? Well, she... Was she evil? Yeah, she was sort of... Well, she dies in the flames at the end. Don't tell people, Paul, in well, case they've not seen it. Well, if you haven't watched Rebecca, then... You Paul's spoiled read it the book, for you now. Read the book um, and then watch the films. In fact, always try and read the book before you watch the films. Though sometimes films are better than books. Devil's Advocate, great book, but actually the ending in the film is better than the ending in the book. Yeah, but that's not one of your comfort films, is it? No, it's not a comfort so film. No, I just went off track then. I was stick talking to about this something subject, else. Paul. So I do actually um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, what is that? That's a comfort film, is it? Yeah, I love Blade Runner. Mm. Mind you, you see, I quite like Star Wars when I'm feeling ill. Mm. I quite like watching that because it takes me back to my childhood. I was 10 when Star Wars came out. 10. Yeah, I was 11, so... Yeah. So, you know, it's it's stuck in my consciousness. It's part of my DNA. What other things do you like to watch when you're ill? The Glenn Miller story. The Glenn Miller story. That's sad. It is very, it's very such sad. Such a sad with June Allison. Mm. Mm, very sad. Sad, sad, sad. And of course, he doesn't. At the end of that, he doesn't come back, does he? Oh, that's the story of that Glenn is Miller, the story isn't of Glenn it? Miller. At the end of the day, if you haven't seen that, we've just spoiled that for you as well. Mm. Well done, Paul. But We're that was investigated. That the, the because he got on a plane, didn't he, to fly? I think back to England and. It was during a bombing raid and and it was thought for some time that his small aeroplane was hit by a bomb from an English bomber when they were coming back and releasing bombs over the English Channel because they couldn't land with bombs on the planes. Tragic. So they had to to drop them. 
tragic. But then um, they've done further investigation, say maybe that's not the case. So mm. it would be, yeah, maybe that's just one of those mysteries that will always be there. Mm, it's a tragedy. Um, the Railway Children. <gasps> oh, yes. Now those were good actors. Well, talking about good actors, I mean, child actors very often, especially in that period, terrible. I think they all went to the same acting schools mm. and were taught exactly the same way, which wasn't great. I mean, you know, the way the kids in Chitty Bang Bang say daddy. 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 I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, Railway Children, one of my favourite films. And, of course, with a good ending, with a happy ending. I like a happy ending. Yeah, it does have... Obviously, it has a, a happy ending. Well, it's got, you know, periods of sadness throughout the film, but it has a lovely, an uplifting ending. But the, the final scene of the Railway Children is delightful, Which isn't it? Which final scene? The final scene where it... the. It pulls away. They're in front of the train and yes, it pulls away. where they're all saying goodbye. Yeah. Come I again. I think that's a lovely, lovely it is. moment it's absolutely in charming. cinematic history. Well, it was Lionel Jeffries, wasn't it, that um, yeah. that directed The Railway Children? And, of course, Jenny Agatha, who is, you know, fantastic actress. And, again, she was in uh, another one of your favourite films, Paul, An American Werewolf in London. <gasps> oh, yes, I do like that film. She played the I nurse. I do like that she? film. She does, yes. Yeah, that and was she a... gets all upset at the end of that. As well, well, naturally, because her boyfriend's a werewolf. Yeah, and he, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say what happens to him. No, I don't want to spoil it if you've not seen it. It's a great film. Walkabout. She did Walkabout, oh, didn't she? Walkabout. I absolutely love Walkabout. Mm. Nicholas Rogue, isn't it? Oh, you remember all these who things. Filmed, I don't who remember Who directed that. And if you've not seen Walkabout, it's the story. It's quite tragic, um, but it sort of has a happy ending. But it's about two kids who are basically abandoned in the Australian outback um, and go on their own walkabout. And I think Walkabout refers to the rites of passage with the um, Aborigine... Uh, boys, I think they have to do this sort of uh, walkabout, which is like a, a you know, a sort of it's journey. Like a manhood into, thing, it's isn't a, it? Yeah, a journey into the um, into the bush, where they have to, I think, kill an animal and whatever else. So yeah, and they kind of meet this Australian boy who is doing this, and it's kind of about the you know the young girls' um, sexual awakenings and things like that. It's beautifully shot it's a little bit sort of surreal um shocking beginning yeah to yeah. that to that film and a sort of happy outcome at the end so walk about another great film i think we've got that on dvd mm. i think but whilst we're in australia another of my favorite films picnic at hanging rock Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah, that's a that's, that's an a, odd it's film. A, I think it's a truly amazing film. I think it's a truly amazing book. Um, and there was that adaptation recently on BBC on adapt, TV. Was it BBC ABC? I think it was. That was adaptation. good. We enjoyed that, didn't we? It was really good. I, I was because the original film was such is such a great film for me. I was really concerned that they would lose the. 
melancholy, frustrating passion Strange, that drives yes. through the whole of the film. Because it's basically about a a, a school for schoolgirls to, to teach them how to be ladies and give a them an education for, for the world. Um, a finishing school. And they go into the bush one day. I can't remember exactly what day. They go to Ayers Rock. And... Um, it's not Ayers it's Rock. It's not Ayers Rock. It's somewhere yeah. else. There we are. It's Hanging Rock. Hanging Rock. It's Hanging Rock. Yeah, picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah, the clue's and... in the title. <laughs> and a number of them go missing. And then the the rest of the, the book and the film is, is about trying to find them and the situations and circumstances that happen in that time. And it caused quite a stir when the book came out because it was marketed as real. So an awful lot of people, and, and the first time I heard of it when I was very young, I, I did think it was a real story. And it was only after a couple of years after I'd read the book, I realised it wasn't a real story. It was complete fiction. But a fabulous film. And the adaptation, the new BBC stroke ABC adaptation was really good. Personally, I actually enjoyed the adaptation more than the film. I was when I first saw the film I was I was disappointed to be honest. Really? I thought it was When did you see it? I saw it um I don't know when it was. It was a while ago. I, I was quite disappointed. I watched it again Were with you. Young? you. I watched it again with you and again I was quite disappointed. I didn't mm. think it had as much of an atmosphere as I imagined Remembered it would. It. Right. Um, I, I've watched far more films that are more atmospheric than that, but I thought the adaptation, which goes beyond the book... Yeah, way beyond the book. Yeah, I thought was really interesting and absorbing. Mm. Um, and I can't remember the actress in it. She was really, really good. There are a lot of good people in that. The one that played the the, mis the schoolmistress, school mistress, the owner of the yeah. school who again had a big backstory as well, which was really good. And um, some of those actors were quite young as well, weren't they? Yeah. In the, some of the girls were quite young. I think the, the acting of, of younger people and kids today is a lot better than it was. And I think the direction... I find that the American directors get better performances out of kids than the English directors do. Why is that... Possibly because American kids, I have found them to be much more confident than UK kids. Could it be something to do with that? I'm not sure it's a confidence thing. I think it's probably to do with the the language. Because you know yourself when you have maybe drama lessons or elocution lessons, you are taught to speak in a certain way. And I think English, if it's not... Um, infused with a local accent I think that sort of standard English is very clipped and I think a lot of kids mm. go for the you know oh, I've got to pronounce every word correctly it's got to be like this and it, it ends up feeling really stiff and um, but we're not really whereas the American accents very often flow there, there is a different rhythm to American accents than there is in English I, I suppose same with Australian I suppose it's because in the UK we have so many different accents mm -hmm. that are very close together. They, they, they. You can literally go twenty miles, and you're 
into a different accent, where in America, the accents are much further apart. Maybe. I think it's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about English kids. I think it's the, the teaching and I think it's the inability to really let go and let go of that teaching and just flow. You know, mm. kids with regional accents sound a lot more natural. But I think at one stage, regional accents were kind of beat, beaten out of you well, at drama were. school. Yeah. yeah, You know, you weren't allowed to sound a certain way unless you were playing a character. Yeah, you know, I, so I think that I think that's very true. Very interesting. I I also think it's uh, it's it's interesting how the approach is different because I saw Chicago. It must have been about 97 on Broadway before it opened in the UK, or rather before it reopened in the UK. And everything on the stage was sexy and passionate. And it was an absolutely extraordinary performance. And then when it opened in London, I think it was at the Adelphi Theatre, I went to see it again and I just found it was all a bit flaccid. It just, it didn't stand up to what I had seen in America, which was quite raw and sexy and vibrant. And over here, it just felt as though where they were all going through the motions. I saw it here. And to be absolutely frank, I didn't enjoy it. Mm. But I'm not, like I said before, I'm not a lover of musicals. I, I, I just don't enjoy musical theatre and musical film particularly, um, unless it is done in a very fantastical way. You know, if it's pure fantasy. Uh, that, I rather enjoyed The Hunting of the Snark. Do you remember that? No, I didn't see it. Oh, that was... Um... I can't remember where that was. I think quite a few people saw that and enjoyed Prince it. Prince Edward. It was at the Prince Edward. Was it? And uh, I really enjoyed it, but it didn't last very long. Mm. Anyway, that's going way back and you're all probably bored by now. And Moby Dick, when Cameron Mackintosh did the original Moby Dick, that was absolutely no, fantastic. But then it became much, much bigger and overproduced, mm. in my opinion. So yeah. we are, I mean, we are getting into the season of entertainment now, aren't we? Dark nights, um, long dark nights, um, nights spent in front of the TV, entertaining ourselves. And personally, I wouldn't want to go out to the theatre in this kind of weather, really. Not particularly going to enjoy that, getting wet before you go and sit down for two hours and watch no. a show. No, um, But we are coming into the season of you know, where we, we do spend a lot more time indoors trying to stay engaged in something. And we've just had Halloween. Yeah. We've just had Halloween and it was busy out there. Thank goodness the weather wasn't like this because it would have been quiet, but there were loads of kids in the street. I mean, that's become such a big thing. It was getting big when we were kids. Yeah, but it's <clears> a bit <throat> really been imported, hasn't it, from America, what we have now. It is so plastic and so commercialised now. Well, I think it is. Um, I mean, I think it's great fun. It was great fun when we were kids. We used to go yeah, trick-or-treating. We used to go to um, Torbo Valley because along one of the valleys there, there was a, a headless horseman that would ride down the valley. So you were hoping to catch the headless horseman? Yeah, never saw him, oddly No, enough. funnily enough. No, but we did see his dog. Oh. Yeah. Who wasn't headless. 
oh. and looked just like a normal dog and barked like a normal dog. Oh. But was obviously the headless horseman's dog. Well, I used to love all of that scary thing on Halloween. I used to love feeling frightened. I still do quite enjoy feeling frightened, but I think these days I'm more frightened that of, of the reality. real the real things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean I you know I I know that um you know, supernatural things don't really exist, I'm afraid. I don't believe in all of that stuff. Don't they? No, I, do, I don't believe in ghosts and spirits and things. No, I don't. I believe in the power of the human mind yeah. to be able to conjure, conjure up. up. Yeah, totally. A, an hallucination, basically. I, I mean, that we, we know that from books that have been read by um, psychologists, you know, who've studied that. But we've had a few moments in this house, haven't we? We have had a few unexplained things happen. However... Those things we've never really, you know, sought to explain. But we're, there was there was a time where I was in the kitchen and I was, uh, I didn't, Richard was out and then you came in and I was talking to you and it was sort of out of the corner of my eye. I was sort of shouting, well, not shouting, but talking loudly from the kitchen into the hallway and then um, finished what I was doing and went to see you and you weren't there. And then you came in the door about five minutes later. So you thought I was in the house, but I, I wasn't. I thought you were in the house when you weren't. But, you know, that could be explained through um, the habitual nature of being with somebody all the time. And it could be An because I saw a, a shadow. That's what... I heard a click and saw a shadow. Mm. And... I thought the click was the front door, but it could have been something just falling outside that I heard. And then I saw a shadow, which could have just been a cloud going over the sun, causing yeah. everything to darken. And exactly. the, the two things that were in my memory of when Richard comes in from outside triggered. But there is a, an expectation when you live with somebody that they're, they're there. It's like when you lose somebody you know, that you've lived with for a long time, mm. you expect them to be there. They're, you know, it's already there, the expectation. That's, you know, conjures up whatever. It's interesting, isn't it? Have you ever had any experiences? Tell us about them. Mm. Tell us now. What about the bell, though? Oh, yeah. The bell. Yeah. We had one. We used to have one of those traditional Victorian bells as our doorbell um, in the hallway. And I think it was around, it was sort of autumn time, September time. I think we were due to go out for the day. I think we were going to Avebury for the we day. We were. We were getting up early to drive to Avebury. We were. And Avebury, if you don't know, is a, one of the largest stone circles, if not the largest stone circle in Europe. And it's in a place called Avebury, funnily enough, in Wiltshire. And we visit there because it's one of our favourite places. Mm. It's drenched in history and um, well, prehistory and archaeology and all of those wonderful things. And there's this massive stone circle, which has largely been recreated yeah. um, from the remains, but um, not reconstructed as such. It, it's still the original stones, apart from the ones that are missing. But anyway, and we were getting up early to go there and... For some unknown reason, we'll never know to this day, our 
doorbell started to ring. It was about 6.30 in the morning. And our first thought was it was maybe a neighbour in distress. And, you know, I came running down the stairs saying, hold on, hold on, I'm there. Unlock the door. Unlock the door. Open the door. And there was nobody there. There was nobody there. There was nobody there. And the doorbell was still ringing. And it wouldn't stop. And I had to literally hold the bell mechanism and I could feel it moving in my hands, wildly, forcefully moving. I had Frantically to, moving. I had to literally pull it off the wall. Did you cut? I thought you cut I had the, to cut the wire. Yeah, cut the wire to it. To stop it from mm. moving. And, I mean, you know, one would assume that it was a malfunction. But I don't know how that would malfunction unless it was some kind of power surge. But it wasn't actually electrically operated. It was battery operated. It was battery operated, yeah. But the wire went to the actual bell mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Um, That was strange. But, you know, these things do happen. Lights flicker, things happen. But it was just how frantic the, the ringing was. Things fail. Electrically operated things do fail. Mechanically operated things fail. You know, it happens. Shit happens. And, of course, you were saying about memory when you live with people or animals for a long time. You you sort of expect them to be there. And certainly Mm. over the years with our cats, Mm. um, even now, I'll sometimes turn around and think, oh, I better lift my feet up because Peanut might be there or Millie might be there. Mm. And, of course, we haven't had them... Well, in our house for two year, almost two years now, mm. and longer for for Millie and, and Biscuit. Yeah, but it is, it's again. I the other day I went to one of our drawers where we used to hold our cutlery, which now has all of our cooking utensils in it, and I thought, why have I gone to get a teaspoon from that drawer that we haven't used for cutlery for? Ten years. Mm, well, it's conditioning, isn't it? You know. I know, but that you'd you'd think that you'd be conditioned now, which well, one of course we think. are. But I suppose something again, something may just happen. It triggers a memory, and that memory then pulls you back to a different time. Mm, interesting, isn't it? Mm. I mean, sounds and smells do that, don't they? Well, we're talking, you know, talking about autumn and Halloween and bonfire night, and well, which is also known as Guy Fawkes night. For those of you who don't know anything about it, Guy Fawkes um, tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament using gunpowder. And we celebrate that. We celebrate an act of terrorism. Yeah, we do. Basically. Um, but, we you com- know, that well, act, I that think act we of- commemorate it. That act of terrorism was probably through some kind of desperate need. Mm. I mean, really, look at the politicians now. There's another desperate need for them not to be there, mm. most of them, frankly. Um, but yeah, this time of year has a lot of smells and sounds and sights that we associate with our childhood. There was some someone on the street making cinder toffee just when I went up before. And I could, I knew what it was from the smell before I even got there. Why don't you tell people what cinder toffee is? It's a, it's a, it's a sweet that is particularly 
around at this time Why of year. Why is it called cinder toffee? Why is it called cinder toffee? Because it's know. in the bonfire. I think you're making it in the bonfire. So it's like crunchy made in the bonfire. Right. I think that's why it's how were they making it on the street then they were making it they had a sort of hot pan stand and they were just making it i uh, cinder toffee is not something we used to have we used to have treacle toffee mm. um and parking, parking. At, parking around this time of year parking's like a sort of cake an oaty flapjacky type of cake mm. with treacle in it yeah and it's rather delicious i made one a couple of years ago you did it was lovely yeah it was lovely was it black treacle in that? I can't quite remember. Probably. I'm sure it's black treacle that um, but our neighbour used to use when she made it. The, I mean, the, certainly the smell of this time of year, the, that sort of autumnal smell where, you know, the leaves are starting to rot and it's very damp and cold. And the fires. That first oh, yeah. fire, our neighbour has had a, a fire. In her house, not in her house. In We're her... talking about a real open yeah, fire, an open fire or in a wood house. burner. And I could smell the smoke coming out of the mm. chimney the other day. And it was dark because mm. the clocks have changed. Mm. They clock, they change tomorrow, overnight tonight in America, I think. Oh, do they? Yeah. But mm. for us, they changed last week. And... So in, in the UK, it's always the last Sunday of October and the last Sunday of March. Always. When yeah. the clocks change. And I think it's the 1st of November, 1st Sunday of November and the 1st Sunday of April. Right. Okay. Mm. I always used to get confused because my client in Minneapolis used to say something about the clocks changing and we'd be six hours difference rather than five hours difference. Mm. And then a week later it was sort of back to five hours or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this time of year. But so bonfire night's coming up on the 5th. That's the 5th of November. And we've just had Diwali, haven't we? Yeah. Diwali is the Asian, uh, the Sikh festival of light, where they set fireworks off until the early hours of the morning, uh, which is rather crazy. I mean, I don't, you know, I certainly don't begrudge people having their festivals, but the amount of money that they must have spent on those fireworks, crazy. Anyway, we've talked about that on our facebook page and group um we have a facebook group called planet vegetaria where we talk about all sorts of things to do with the planet food growing it's great join us why not um but yeah this time of year has a lot of associations i used to love the the cold dark nights playing out as a child in the street in the dark was so much more fun not doing what you were told. No, we played outside the house. Right, in the road. Yeah, of course. It was an estate. Yeah. It was very, very safe. Very dangerous. It was the 70s. There were hardly any cars. It was very, very safe to do so. There's so many more cars, obviously, now. Yeah. Well, there are. Yeah. Um, you know, you only had the cars that actually came onto the estate and parked up. You didn't have people herring around at speed. Mm. Um but we used to play out till, you know, we'd have our tea and that's dinner. But up north, you call it tea. And that was always six o'clock. And then you'd go and play out for a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great because, you know, at night you can see 
the sparkling frost on the cars and the footpaths. And of course, you were hoping that it would get colder and colder and snow. Um, yeah, you see, we do. We had and you used to tell any in Guernsey. And you used to tell ghost stories to each other and, and play all sorts of silly games. Hide and seek, knock and run, which was knocking on people's doors and running away and hiding behind cars, which was great fun. Because we used to, oh, we must have really, really annoyed the neighbours. Yeah, you must have done. Big I didn't time. do anything like that. Oh, we loved I it. I was too good to do things like that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, do naughty Miss things Goody like Two that. Shoes. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that we if, were encouraged to you, do that. Well, we weren't because I think think if you knock on somebody's door and they're a vulnerable adult or an aged person or somebody who's insecure or you know has has a number of issues and then they open the door and there's no one there that could just scare them into thinking that they're being hounded or the people that we used they're imagining to, look, things. This was an estate in the seventies where ev- everybody virtually knew everybody else, you know, and they weren't, there weren't any old people. Well, there were a couple. Well, there we are. But we knew them. Right. Okay. And we terrorized them. You horrible. No, we didn't. Horrible. We didn't. No, we didn't. Um, but we knew the people we were knocking on the doors, and they knew it was ours. We just used to annoy them. We used to do penny for the guy. We, oh, used, to, we used to, to do that, make yeah. a guy and put it in a wheelbarrow, and then go from door to door, knocking on the door, asking yeah. for some money for for the guy. We used to sing. We would sing for every single festival. So we'd say, "Oh, you would do Halloween." You? We'd say, yeah. "Let's go Halloween singing." So we'd make up a song. And we'd walk around and we'd sing this song at people's doors until they gave us money or sweets. And then bonfire night would come and we'd say, let's go bonfire night singing. And then, of course, the run up to Christmas, we'd say, let's go Christmas caroling. Were you the bloody Von Trapp family? Yeah, we were. (laughs) We were. No, literally, we were. And if we could, if there was an opportunity to sing, we would sing. Yeah, of course. And our parents, I mean, you know, my mum and dad would literally say, go and play knock and run. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of you. Yeah. But you see, that they also realised that, I mean, it was a time of freedom. You know, we were, it was fortunate in the 70s because society still accepted that kids would go out and play and get up to mischief. Yeah, yeah. You know, without really the fear of them being murdered or... But again, that, that we were talking about this earlier, that that sort of comes down to the fact that news and media was not as prevalent in the early 70s and in the 70s as it is today. Unless so, it was a huge story. Yeah, so you had your national news at like six o'clock in the evening and nine o'clock and 10 o'clock in the evening, but you didn't have any 24 hour news or rolling news. No, then. you didn't. So unless it was something really major, you didn't hear about missing children or no. accidents or things like that. And it had to be something pretty major to be on national news. And I mm. think our, our local news only lasted about 10 minutes. Yeah. I knew there wasn't much local news really well there were magazine programs weren't there in those days oh, you had one? we nationwide. had nationwide nationwide um we With had Frank something boff yeah we had granada news and we had look northwest yeah yeah um 
but yeah you know so playing out i mean you know what fun i mean there are kids that play out here unless it's halloween well we have we now have play streets don't we do we? have play so, streets yeah um, where they close the, the street each of the streets there are four streets that generally close once one sunday afternoon a month so um that means that those streets are closed and people can go and play safely in those in those streets in that area well, which I children think is can play good. safely children and their parents there's always lots of parents obviously and they there. sort of chalk on the streets and things yeah. don't they hopscotch and mm. that type of thing and yeah so that's good i did i just remembered i did actually cause with sarah and keith who were the our next door neighbors kids um i did cause a minor car accident one halloween um by being in a sheet and jumping out in front of a car and the car went into a hedge well that was clever <laughs> i think i was about 6 or 7 because it was it was when we still lived in st pierre du bois in guernsey hmm. st peter's in the wood hmm. how interesting yeah. i wanted to talk a little bit about talking about sort of you know spooky things and stuff like that well, it's not really spooky, but I wanted to talk about an article that I saw on the BBC, which was to do with the rise in astrology in millennials. Mm. There's a, a resurgence in young people getting into their horoscopes and astrology. I thought that was quite interesting. And why? What? Well, what was the research based on? Well, the the research was there was a researcher and an author, and they were talking about it, and they spoke to a, a famous um, astrologer who's written a book. Um, and basically, they the astrologer said, "Well, I think it's always been the case that young people have gotten into it, and I think that's true." Because they're trying to find themselves. Well, you know, when you're young, if you read something which is kind of about you, it's immensely interesting because it forms part of your view of yourself. And, you know, when we're young, we're all into ourselves, aren't we? And who we are. No, but we're into developing who we are as a character. Yeah, absolutely. And if that, if you read a passage that says, you know, all... Sagittarians are X, Y, and Z, and it's favourable. Then, then you're you going to take it. Fits. You take it. Yeah, and if it says all Sagittarians are absolute bastards, you think, oh no, that's not true. Yeah, but you know, in all good horoscopes, there are good good traits and bad traits, aren't there? Yeah, you yeah. know, so you take what you can get. But I think it's all about boosting your confidence. And if it says, you know, um, don't do X, Y and Z today because Mercury is retrograde, then, you know, if you're prone to taking that kind of advice, you'll take it. But, but it's it's interesting because, OK, it's not a science. We know that. But it's quite intricately put together. There are lots of mathematics involved and calculations yeah, yeah. and things like that to create the chart itself. Um, I'm still not quite sure how that chart is created. I mean, we used to know someone who did do that, didn't we? Mm. Um, so we do have our own birth charts mm. somewhere. What I find interesting 
is how people, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not a sort of big believer or anything like that. But what I find interesting is that people born at the same time of year do seem to share similar characteristics. And if that was based on biology, so for example, if, if a study came up and said, okay, we've now managed to prove that all people born in September share these characteristics because of environmental or seasonal factors. If they were to turn around and say that, we would all say, oh, right, yeah, wouldn't we? We'd all go, oh, that's science. But because it's based on planets that are far away and, you know, they're deemed not to have any kind of environmental effect on us directly. But we don't. We don't know that they don't, because there isn't the research. I mean, it, it's when there is a full moon, there is an increase in the amount of antisocial behaviour, yeah, and that has been studied. Science, hasn't science, it? No, science has said there is absolutely no link whatsoever. But, it's just we as human beings look for patterns. Yes, but we are also significantly water. And just like the body of mass of water, there will be a pull from the moon. But science says that's absolute bullshit. Maybe the research hasn't been done to actually yeah. show it. I'm because just playing devil's advocate. A lot of research is done to prove what you want it to prove, isn't it? When research is done. You do research because... You're trying to prove something. Mm. Oh, it's interesting. But I personally think that it is all to do with naivety, self-discovery. I think when we're younger, we are much more vulnerable to being influenced by older people. You know, if somebody you um, trust says to you, blah, 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 astrology is true. You're more likely to go along with it if you haven't formulated your own mind about it. Yeah. You know, if somebody, if somebody says to you, um, I saw a ghost, I know what I saw, it was real, and you trust them, you're going to say, okay, tell me about it. Well, yeah, I would say, okay, more... tell me about it, but I wouldn't think that that person had actually seen a ghost. Well... As you're young, when you're young, you're more likely to. Yeah, I think. when you're young, yeah. Nowadays, That's what I'm talking about. We're talking right, about okay. millennials. We're talking about young people right. being influenced by astrology. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting area. Are people looking for solace and comfort in astrology in this day and age? A time of, you know, a lot of issues in the world. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting, though, don't you think? I can't think of any astrologers. There was Kano, wasn't there, in the Daily Mail? Mystic Meg. Was Mystic Meg an astrologer? Well, she used to do astrology, didn't Did she? Did she? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And what was what's-his-name? Oh, there was a very famous one who did used the to jungle. write all those... Uh, Russell Grant. Russell Grant. That's it, Russell Grant. That's the one that I was thinking of. And what was the one who wrote those books? Sun Signs and Love Signs... Don't know. She was a big astrologer. Don't know. Must have made a lot of money out of it. Yes, most probably. Mm, mm. Very interesting. The other thing I saw in the news as well was about fracking. 
fracking mm. has been brought to a halt in the UK because it is causing earthquakes. Which we always knew it was you going know, to cause. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it fucking amazing? Pardon my French, but I have to swear that there's been all this protest about it. The people, the science is already there. People have been saying, no, you can't do this. It's going to cause earthquakes. It's not good for communities. It's not good for the earth itself. It's not good for the water system because those chemicals are being pumped into the earth and will eventually leach into the water table. Mm, mm, as they um, have done in America. You know, yet the companies, because of greed, because of money... Well, it's the government. The companies and the government, because of greed, because of money, no, it's fine, we've got limits on this, we can only drill to a certain limit... And that's fine. No worries. They go ahead. It causes earthquakes. And now it's been brought to a halt. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah. It hasn't been banned. Yeah. But let's also... This has been announced just before an election in the UK. Yeah. And I'm not going to give any credence to the truth of it. Because I know that I cannot trust... Any of the politicians in the UK. Well, no. And of course, you know, the, they turn around and say, well, we knew this all along, but we had to investigate further and do X, Y, Z before making our decision. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, it's bullshit. a bit like, um, I'm going to see whether it's true that if I stick my hand in the fire, it will get burnt. And I'm going to carry on doing that to see if we can actually reach a point where it doesn't get burnt. That's what this is. Absolute twats. Absolute twats. They really are. And, you know, there is a real fundamental problem in politics. Oh, and interestingly, actually, talking about astrology and then talking about politics, Trump, Johnson and Corbyn are all Gemini. Really? Mm. Yeah. yeah, they're all much of a muchness, really, aren't they? They're all Gemini. And there was um, a recent article on astrology about Gemini men and how horrendous they are. I'm not going to say anything further. I'm not judging anybody. But isn't it interesting? And you've got those three, those three twaddles. Yeah. Basically trying to run the world basically well you've got one trying to run the world and the other two trying to run a rather insignificant what will be an instinct insignificant area of land mm, but well, there we are that comes down to brexit but let's mm. not labor the point no because really i mean brexit i've always said along all along it's never going to happen it's never going to happen And I still feel that, you know, I still feel in my heart of hearts that it's never actually going to happen, that they're all conspiring to stop it from happening. Well, I mean, they did say that um, there was that politician that said, if we don't go out on the 31st of October, England will explode. The nation will explode. Well, (laughs) hardly. 
dickhead. I think it's mostly because all the people that want, or many of the people at least, that want to get out of the EU and, inverted commas, have our country back, actually find it all a bit too cold to get out there now and do anything. But there we are. That's me being judgmental. Well, you know, I think sometimes we are judgmental in life. We have to be sometimes. We've got to make a judgment on certain things, mm. really. Mm. So, um, and of course, we've got the election coming up. Yornarama. I think that we will is, be voting, though. That is the most. Well, we, we will, will be, be voting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether I'm I will vote. vote. I'm voting most um, definitely because, of course, with an election, um, we have just as important of the right to vote is the right to not vote as well. Um, it's interesting that I think in Amer in Australia, you there's a necessity to vote, where, of course, over here there isn't. And many, many people over in the UK don't vote. I think I most probably will vote, but I'm not quite sure what party I'm going to vote for. Well, I'll most definitely be voting, and I, obviously I'm not going to tell anybody who I'm voting for, because that's between me and the polling booth. Well, actually, not in our case, because we do postal voting. It's much more convenient. Mm. It really is. You can do it in the comfort of your own home. But I think what is encouraging is that the current political situation is getting far more young people to register to vote. And I think that is important. It's important that even if you choose not to vote, you are registered to vote because having your name on a register to vote and then not voting means that that number can be counted. And that is important. Mm. So if you are in the UK and you're not registered to vote, whether you're going to vote or not, please do register to vote. Do it now before it's too late. Yeah, you can do it now. You can do it online. Before you explode. Mm. So, we've been going for just over an hour, and I think we're going to start winding up now, because I really need a coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd really like a coffee. That's because you've been using your voice an awful lot, haven't you? No, I'd like a coffee. Right. Simply that. I think you've been using your voice quite a lot. Well, I've been talking for an hour. <laughs> really. <laughs> I've been just, resting and doing some knitting. I just want a coffee, that's all. Good. It's time for a coffee. It's coming up to coffee time. I've got no idea what time it is. It's, oh, it'll be it on my phone. Be. Yeah, that's right. That's what you can use a phone oh, for yeah. too. It's that time. What time is it? It's 19 minutes past 10 well, in the morning. it's nearly time for a coffee, I think. I think. So that's it for our first, our very first podcast. And we do hope that you enjoyed yourselves and we do hope that we've inspired some thought and, you know, given you food for thought for your brain to think about things. Yeah, not really sure what I'm saying, but hey, I don't care. I can talk. Yeah, you can talk. I can talk. Oh, you can talk, can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Mm -hmm. I think this is the version of... YouTube. I think I waffle on on YouTube and you you love the podcasts. Yeah. Well, I try to love everything I do because that <laughs> means I'm putting good amount of energy into it. Because without that, there wouldn't be a programme. No, that's there. true. That's no. true. Yeah. It wouldn't be interesting. It I'll would be boring. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
So thank you so much for listening. And if you don't already subscribe to our YouTube channel, Richard and Paul on YouTube and Facebook, that's Facebook, Richard and Paul, and also our group, Planet Vegetaria. On Facebook. On Facebook. Please do. And you can also subscribe to my blog. Oh, yes, on our website. We've got a website too. So the you can subscribe in the right-hand column of the blog, which is richardandpaul.com forward slash blog. So we'll mostly be adding these to the website as well, won't we? Probably. A, an area of their, their own as well. Probably. I don't know how to do that. That's your yeah. game, Paul, yeah. isn't it? Lovely. So it's been lovely to have you listen to us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So that's the end of our lovely first podcast. So we're going to say goodbye and we'll see you very soon. Bye for now. Bye.